And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, this is February 23rd, 54th day of the year. 311 days remain till this year's over with. <coughs> and I got an email. In fact, I got several emails. Want to know why I didn't do a little overview of the news at the beginning of each show before I started into my history segment, so that's what we're going to do. Always trying to keep the folks happy. Well, University of Georgia got a couple of things going on. An Augusta University student was found dead. She went on her jog, found dead with visible injuries. So they've put it down as a definite murder. Biden administration's in trouble again. Uh, one of the judges tore him apart for colluding with immigration activists and some of the rules they've created to make it easier to get here. And it came out in the last couple of days that uh, I think it's in New York City, after complaining about how expensive it was to have all the migrants, they're giving them um, <coughs> debit cards worth $3,000 on each card. Plus, their insurance is a dollar a month. And a lot of folks I know are just livid because they work 40, 50 years to retire, and they don't get as much as the migrants get for breaking the law to get here. It certainly is disheartening that uh, the powers that be care more about lawbreakers than they do... uh, Americans. I know in my particular case, I served this country. I got the scars to prove it. And yet, I have to fight for all the things that were promised me under the law. Um, Washington, D.C. had a um, program where they gave $10,800 to a bunch of uh, migrant families for uh, what they called economic equity. One lady said, it was great. I took my family on a vacation to uh, 132 mothers who participated in the program. Got to decide whether they took 900 a month or got 10800 in a lump sum. Well, a recent economic research fellow at the Heritage Foundation said, well, these handouts actually trap people in a cycle of poverty. It's not helping people build long-term wealth. One recipient, Kenethia Miller, told the Post that she took the money and spent most of it on a fancy trip to Miami. Uh, Some of it I just set aside, but I wanted to have some fun. My kids got to experience something I'd never been able to do if I didn't have that money. A five-day, $6,000 trip to Miami. Well, I've taken my family on a five-day trip before and didn't spend more than a few hundred dollars. Six thousand dollars, including a boat tour, uh, a tour of million-dollar homes, luxury lots. Spent a hundred and eighty dollars getting their hair and nails done. So there's where your tax dollars are going, America. And let's see what else we got here. 
the um, a lot of stores are on the east Co- west coast are shutting down because of theft. But uh, even if somebody's arrested, they get a slap on the wrist and they're back doing it again the next day. Biden has now claimed that modern senators are worse than uh, Strom Thurmond, a noted segregationist. Why? Because they're not all just falling over his migrant program. Um, Will Smith was doing a movie in the Amazon and they said he found the biggest snake in the world. Well, when I was in South America, he ran around and my unit was in APCs, ran over, ran over a snake so long, it was, his head was in the bushes on one side of the road and its tail was in the bushes on the other side. And all we did was piss him off, run over him with a armored personnel carrier. He wasn't a happy camper about that. Well, a lot of his biggest supporters have noticed that he uses note cards to answer questions at private fundraisers. The only way that would work is if he knew the questions in advance. So you have to wonder um, just how uh, much ground has he lost cognitively. Well... Wendy Williams has been diagnosed with dementia. This keeps up. She'll be a shoe in for Congress. The uh, the fifty one um, intelligence officers who signed the letter claiming that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was. Um, Russian um, plant. Well, the left has come out and said, oh no, they were absolutely correct. Now the laptop is, is also correct, but the people that said it was a Russian plant is also correct. Huh? Alrighty. Well, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. World War III is on the verge of breaking out in uh, Europe, if it hadn't already. We've got uh, Iran funding uh, terrorists to attack ships in the Red Sea. And we've got uh, Hamas trying to massacre Israelis. And what does our fearless leader do? We have a two-party solution. That's been tried since 1949. It's not work because they will not honor the agreement. Get it through your head. This man is reelected. I'm going to brush up on my uh, Farsi because that's where we're going. Alrighty. Holidays and observances for this February 23rd. National Banana Bread Day. NASA Tootsie Roll Day. International Dog Biscuit Appreciation Day. Tried them, don't like them. National Play Tennis Day. Curling is Cool Day. Cancer Prevention Action Week. Real Bread Week. Future Farmers of America Week. And National Engineers Week. Well, birth dates, Emily Blunt, Dakota Fanning, and W.E.B. Dubois. National Black 
History Month, Canned Food Month, National Snack Food Month, National Children's Dental Health Month, Harley Quinn Month, National Embroidery Month, National Grapefruit Month, National Women Inventors Month, Great American Pie Month, International Vegan Cuisine Month, American Heart Month, National Cherry Month, National Bake for Family Fun Month, National Bird Feeding Month, National Hot Breakfast Month, National Library Lovers Month, Low Vision Awareness Month, National Fasting February, and North American Inclusion Month. Well, you know, we got the left just wetting its pants in excitement over DEI and the movies and Well, the last five releases that all had woke themes bombed. They didn't just lose money. They bombed. And when the left figures out you can't solve issues by throwing money at it, maybe we can start to dig out of this hole we're in. Well, in 303 A.D., Roman Emperor... Diocletian orders the destruction of the Christian church in uh, Nicodemia, beginning eight years of Diocletian uh, persecution. And we have Christian persecution today. Rob Reiner, one on one of his celebrated rants, even made a film about it, about the evils of Trump and the Christian church. Why anybody lets this man have... A platform is just beyond me. 532, Byzantine Emperor Justinian I lays the foundation stone for a new Orthodox Christian basilica in Constantinople. It's called the Hagia Sophia. It's still there. 628, Khosrow II, last Sasanian Shah of Iran's overthrow. 705, Empress Wu Zetian abdicates the throne, restoring the Tang Dynasty. 1455, traditionally the date of publication of the Gutenberg Bible. That's the first Western book printed with movable type. 1763, Berbice slave uprising in Guyana. First major slave revolt in South America. 1778, American Revolutionary War. Baron von Steuben arrives at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania to help train the Continental Army. 1820, Cato Street Conspiracy. Plot to murder all the British cabinet ministers is exposed. The conspirators are arrested. 1836, Texas Revolution. The Siege of the Alamo. That's the prelude to the Battle of the Alamo. It begins in San Antonio, Texas. 1847, Mexican-American War. Battle of Buena Vista. Mexico-American troops under future President General Zachary Taylor defeat Mexican General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana who also commanded the Mexicans at the, the Alamo. 1854, official independence of the Orange Free Strait in South Africa is declared. 1861, President-elect Abraham Lincoln arrived secretly in Washington, D.C. after thwarting of a, an alleged assassination plot in Baltimore, Maryland. 1870, Reconstruction Era, post-U.S. Civil War military control of Mississippi is and it's readmitted to the Union. 1883, Alabama becomes the first U.S. state to enact an antitrust law. They don't trust nobody. 
1885, Sino-French War. French army gets an important victory in the Battle of Dong Dang in the Tonkin region of Vietnam. 1886, Charles Martin Hall produced the first samples of aluminum from the rectorolysis of aluminum oxide after several years of intensive work. He was assisted in this project by his older sister, Julia Brainerd Hall. 1887, the French Riviera is built by is hit by a large earthquake. Around 2,000 people were killed. 1898, Emile Zola is imprisoned in France after writing Jacques a letter accusing the French government of anti-Semitism and wrongfully imprisoning Captain Alfred Dreyfus. Turned out that that was absolutely correct. 1900, Second Boer War. During the Battle of the uh, Tugela Heights, the first British attempt to take Hearts Hill fails. 1903, Cuba releases, releases Guantanamo Bay to the U.S. in perpetuity. 1905, Chicago attorney Paul Harris and three other businessmen meet for lunch to form the Rotary Club. That's the world's first service club. Now, since they were, it was orchestrated by an attorney, you know there was something in it for him, but it's never been admitted. 1909, the AEA Silver Dart makes the first powered flight in Canada and the British Empire. 1917, first demonstrations in St. Petersburg, Russia. It's the beginning of the February Revolution. 1927, President Calvin Coolidge signs a bill by Congress establishing the Federal Radio Commission, later replaced by the Federal Communications Commission, which was to regulate the use of radio frequencies in the U.S. 1927, German theoretical physicist Werner Heisenberg writes a letter to fellow physicist Wolfgang Pauli in which he described his uncertainty principle for the first time. 1934, Leopold III becomes the king of Belgium. 1941, plutonium is first produced and isolated by Dr. Glenn Seaborg. 1942, World War II, Japanese submarines fire artillery shells at the coastline near Santa Barbara, California. Uh, This was uh, part of the episode that's been uh, called the Battle of Los Angeles. 1943, the Caven Orphanage fire kills 35 girls and an elderly cook. Also in 1943, Greek resistance, United Panhellenic Organization of Youth is founded in Greece. 1944, the Soviet Union begins the forced deportation of the Chechen and English people from the North Caucasus to Central Asia. 1945, World War II. During the Battle of Iwo Jima, a group of U.S. Marines reach the top of Mount Suribachi on the island and are photographed raising the American flag. 1945, World War II, the 11th Airborne Division with Filipino guerrillas free all 2,147 captives of the Los Banos internment camp in which, uh, what General Colin Powell later would refer to as the textbook airborne operation for all ages and all armies. 1945, World War II, capital of the Philippines, Manila is liberated by combined Filipino and American forces. Also in 1945, World War II, capitulation of German garrison at uh, Poznan, city is liberated by Soviet and Polish forces. 1945, World War II, the German town of Forsheim is annihilated in a raid by 379 British bombers. 
1945, American Airlines Flight uh, 009 crashes near Rural Retreat, Virginia. Kills 17 people. 1947, International Organization for Standardization is founded. 1954, the first mass inoculation of children against polio with the Sonic vaccine begins in Pittsburgh. 1958, five-time Argentine Formula One champion Juan Manuel Fangio is kidnapped by rebels involved in the Cuban Revolution on the eve of the Cuban Grand Prix. He was released the day after the race. 1966, in Syria, a Ba'ath Party member uh, Salah Jahid leaves an inter-party military coup that replaces the previous government of General Amin al-Hafiz is also a Ba'athist. 1971, Operation Lamson 719, South Vietnamese General Do Cao Tri is killed in a helicopter crash and route to take control of the faltering campaign. 1974, the Symbionese Revelation Army demands $4 million more to release kidnapped victim Patty Hearst. That was before she was photographed helping rob a bank. 1980, Iran hostage crisis. Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ruhollah Khomeini states Iran's parliament will decide the fate of the American embassy hostages. 1981, in Spain, Antonio Trejo attempts a coup d'etat by capturing the Spanish Congress of Deputies. 1983, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announced its intent to buy out and evacuate the dioxin-contaminated community of Times Beats, Missouri. 1987, Supernova 1987A is seen in the large megalonic cloud. 1988, Saddam Hussein begins the unfiled genocide against Kurds and the Syrians in northern Iraq. 1991 in Thailand, General Sunthorn Kong Sompong leads a bloodless coup d'etat, deposing Prime Minister Chattachai Chunhaven. 1998 in the U.S., tornadoes in Central Florida destroyed damaged 2,600 structures and killed 42 people. 1999, Kurdish rebel leader Abdullah Akalan is charged with treason in Ankara, Turkey. 1999, an avalanche buries the town of Galtur, Austria. Killed 31 people. 2007, a train derails on an evening express service near Greyrig in Cumbria, England. Killed one person and injured 88. The results in hundreds of points being checked over the U.K. after a few similar accidents. 2008, a U.S. Air Force B-2 Spirit bomber crashes on Guam making it the first operational loss of a B-2. 2010, unknown criminals pour more than 2.5 million liters of diesel oil and other herded carbons into the River Lambro in northern Italy, sparking an environmental disaster. It was never said why they did that, or who did it, for that matter. 2012, a series of attacks across Iraq could leave 83 killed, more than 250 injured. 2017, the Turkish-backed Free Syrian Army captures al Bab from ISIL. 2019, Atlas Air Flight 3591, a Boeing 767 freighter, crashes into Trinity Bay near Anahawk, Texas. Killed all three people on board. 
2020, Ahmad Aubrey, a 25-year-old African-American citizen, is shot and murdered by three white men after visiting a house under construction while jogging at a neighborhood in Satila Shores near Brunswick in Lynn County, Georgia. A lot of Looney Tunes in Georgia. 2021, four simultaneous prison riots leave 62 people dead in Ecuador. Well, there's a lot of unrest worldwide. Alrighty. Having finished our news on our little history segment, we're going to talk about some... um, Secret places, as I said yesterday, such as sacrificial theaters and lost cities and underground labyrinths. We're going to start out talking about the gate to hell of Heropolis. The city had an issue. What was killing the animals in the city? Now, there were numerous locations referred to as the gates to hell in the ancient world maybe the most well known is the plutonium at Heropolis, located in modern day Turkey now for those who think plutonium is a radioactive element and only a radioactive element National Geographic explains in ancient Rome a plutonium was part of a temple or sanctuary dedicated to Pluto the Roman god of the underworld. And the plutonium at Heropolis consists of a doorway made of stone that leads to a small grotto. And it's known as the the gate to hell because reportedly animals that pass into the plutonium alive would very shortly be found dead. Rome being Rome, they turned this morbid phenomenon into an elaborate ceremony staged before spectators, probably charged him for the privilege, castrated priest. The um, There is a backstory that I'm not going to go into right now. Let animals into the plutonium, helping them pass through the doorway into the grotto, where the animals would promptly drop dead. The priest, surprisingly enough, remained alive. Clearly, there were supernatural forces working on behalf of Pluto, who welcomed the animal sacrifice. At least that was the belief. Interesting part is that scientists now understand why this happened. And there was a secret. Very few people knew. Scientists found deadly concentrations of carbon dioxide, according to the website for Discover Magazine. CO2 being emitted from the mouth of the gate ranged from 4 to 53%. Lower amounts the higher you get from the ground. Carbon dioxide was estimated... uh, to be emitted at such dangerous levels of gas that kill you within a minute. And of course, the animals being lowered to the ground, where the concentrations were higher, died first. The priest, likely thinking Pluto had something to do with it, likely understood that they shouldn't stay that long, breathe deeply, or even crouch down. But the question is, why was there CO2 emissions in the first place? Live science says it's uh, simply part of regularly occurring volcanic activity and suspects it's likely the structures are built on top of vapor-seeping fault lines and may be built there intentionally. This may be the answer to the mystery. Then again, 
It may have been Pluto. He and Mickey and Donald Duck really enjoyed uh, the sacrifices. Well, let's go to the hypogeum of Hal Safalin, the underground world with a echo chamber. This was discovered in 1902. The hypogeum of Hal Safalini is a unthinkably massive subterranean chamber complex in the Mediterranean island country of Malta that seems to be, as far as anybody can tell, about 6,000 years old. It's one of the most well-preserved prehistoric sites ever been discovered. Smithsonian Magazine describes it as an underground network of alcoves and corridors. It creates a temple, a cemetery, and a funeral hall. The caverns, passageways, and chambers uh, descend far beneath the surface. The deepest reach is uh, 33 feet underground. Well, the site's extraordinary for a lot of reasons, including its age, its state of preservation, the elaborate, intricate architectural and engineering feats used in its construction. And, unfortunately, the civilization that built this is long gone, leaving us to guess at uh, the purpose of many of the rooms. One of the most uh, incredible features is extraordinary acoustic characteristics of a room called the Oracle Chamber. A word spoken in the Oracle Room is magnified a hundredfold and audible throughout the entire structure. That's according to uh, scholar William Arthur Griffiths, who uh, discussed it on uh, a website called Ancient Origins. The effect on the credulous can be imagined when the Oracle spoke and the words came thundering forth through the dark and mysterious place with terrifying impressiveness. I guess they thought Pluto was speaking. Well, let's go to Padmanabha Swami Temple and the Sealed Vault. There's an ancient mystery about this temple located in southwestern India. And it's a good example of the real-world tensions between supporting archaeological exploration and respecting religiously inspired beliefs. Built in the 6th century, the, the temple honors the Hindu deity Vishnu. The temple contains numerous vaults that reportedly hold treasures of incredible value. Following a legal challenge, the Supreme Court of India forced a, an opening and accounting of the contents of most of the vaults. But one remains untouched, Vault B. To put the suspected value of Vault B into perspective, Forbes refers to it as a $1 trillion hidden treasure chamber. So you have to ask yourself, is there that much wealth there? What's the holdup of opening it up? Well, the Times of India explains that notable supernatural significance is attached to the opening of this vault. Specifically, the physical markings on the doors, which are serpents, I might add, along with the long-standing legends concerning previous attempts to penetrate the vault, promise doom to anybody foolish enough to try to open the doors. Vault B, in fact, is considered so dangerous that even using modern technology to open the vault is, uh, would yield catastrophic results. And so, just be on the safe side, the doors are staying shut for now. According to Forbes, the, the fear of the unknown is very real in India, and even Supreme Court judges are not immune to its uh, legend. My suggestion is, we let the judges go open the doors. So if they're wrong, they pay the price and not unsuspecting archaeologists. Well, how about Darien Kuyu, the ancient underground city? 
Well, answer me this. Where does an entire city go to hide when danger comes calling? In the Cappadocia region of Turkey, starting from about 370 B.C., locals had access to a very unusual solution. A massive, sprawling underground city. And while there's an endless list of fascinating facts about this uh, human-made wonder carved into the region's volcanic rock, Erlen Kuyu's sheer size and reputed longevity certainly may be the most impressive. It's large enough to keep 20,000 people alive underground for several months. According to BBC Travel, this tremendous capacity was made possible by a system of tunnels that ran an unthinkable 18 levels down, reaching a maximum depth of 280 feet. Incredibly well-preserved complex boasts accessible clean water, circulation of fresh air, and even more than uh, 600 secret entrances. Featured eight uh, tight, narrow entry passages meant to limit access to single-file visitors, thwarting any uh, potential risk of a meaningful enemy ambush. Scope of Darren Kuyu is all the more impressive when you consider it was in use from about 370 B.C. all the way through 1923. According to BBC Travel, the Cappadocian Greeks were the last to evacuate from the city at that time. And when that happened, it was effectively abandoned, only to be rediscovered in the 1960s. And it may be much older. The 370 B.C. date used to mark the city's founding is only the first confirmed reference to the city in ancient writings. Many people believe the underground city has been in existence for much longer, maybe as far back as the 15th century B.C. You have to ask yourself what these people thought they had to hide from to build something so massive that it could hold 20,000 people comfortably. Well, there are many, many mysteries. Let's talk about Stonehenge and the pyramids. You know, these are the two best known. But these type of structures actually exist all over the world. And no one knows why. And whether we're aware of it or not, there are forgotten and secret structures all around us that uh, catch our attention and urge us to actually reconnect with history. Ancient arrangements such as stone structures and pyramids stand as majestic symbols of our past, but they do defy understanding of their construction and purpose. These enigmatic structures remain as testaments to the ingenuity and the creativity of human civilizations and what's walked the earth. Today, we're just trying to figure out what happened. One of the most renowned stone structures in the world sits on Salisbury Plain in Wiltshire, England. First erected, uh, it's believed, about 5,000 years ago. Historians currently believe Stonehenge was constructed over the course of six stages spanning the period between 3000 B.C. and 1520 B.C., marking the transition from the Neolithic Age to the Bronze Age. These massive megaliths are arranged in a circular pattern with a large outer circle surrounding a smaller inner one. Several stones have horizontal slabs laid across their tops with a few solitary stones uh, scattered around. Monument's enigmatic past has ignited the imagination of countless individuals, sparking a range of captivating tales and intriguing theories. One legend claims the mythical Stonehenge structure was erected by Merlin, the the sorcerer from uh, Arturian lore. 
It said he utilizes the world the ability to transport these massive stones from Ireland where they had been assembled by giants. There's another legend that says these stones were instead erected by invading Danes, while another theory gives credence, given credence by the National Geographic to suggest that they may actually be the remains of a Roman temple. And while there's compelling archaeological evidence to suggest Stonehenge was used as a burial ground for a portion of its extensive past, the general consensus among scholars is that it was also fulfilled a range of other purposes. According to the History Channel, notable theories include functioning as a calendar site for ceremonial purposes. That's the fallback position for archaeologists to have no clue what they're talking about. It's said to have served as a pilgrimage destination for religious purposes, acting as a final resting place for members of a royal family and memorial designed to honor and forge a spiritual connection with ancestors who lived in the, the distant past. Recently, the belief it was some sort of healing site has gained some uh, scholarly support. During my little sojourn in England, I had the opportunity to, to tour it. It is definitely awe-inspiring, let me tell you. Well, in the quiet English countryside of North Yorkshire, beyond the bustling town of Boroughbridge, three colossal stones, or arrows, rise up from the earth. These na narrow, phallic megaliths measure 18 to 22 feet tall and regarded as among the tallest of their kind in the UK. But unlike several other stone arrangements in the British countryside, the devil's arrows don't sit in clusters, but rather form a nearly straight alignment that runs north northwest to south-southwest. They're also fairly far apart. The end stones are positioned at distances of 200 and 370 feet from the central stone. Carved by the erosion of rainfall over thousands of years, these Bronze Age stones bear distinct grooves on their surface. Now, Sadly, it's said there, there was once as many as five different devil's arrows on the site, but two were taken down by treasure hunters, and one was used to make a nearby bridge, according to the Borough Bridge Town Council. Well, who would have erected these megaliths? That's still a mystery. Local legend claims the devil himself is responsible. It raised with the neighboring residents of Alborough, the he stood on Howe Hill and shot four huge stone arrows at its residence. Luckily, they failed to hit their intended targets and stuck upright in the ground to form this mysterious line we see today. This particular legend, I might add, was given extra power by black markings on the stones, seemingly scorched by Hell's ruler himself. It's interesting that uh, but the power he has... He's a piss-poor marksman if, in fact, he, he shot these arrows. According to another legend, circling the enormous stones counterclockwise 12 times, I actually summoned Satan to the surface. Clearly, we have a uh, Satan fixation. Let's talk about the, the sunken Yonaguni Monument. It's beneath the waters off the southwestern Japanese island of Yonaguni. It's a magnificent sight to behold. It's a mesmerizing sight of underwater pyramid-like rock formations that some call ruins of an ancient lost city. And while precise measurements of the Yonaguni formations have proved difficult, at minimum, these pyramids are estimated to be 150 feet high, if not higher. One of the 
runs giant steps makes the divers look tiny in comparison. And there's still a lot of debate about whether this area is actually natural, completely man-made, or a result of human alterations of natural formations. Japanese government considers the site a pseudo-archaeological natural formation, but the structures do look like they could be the ruins of a long-forgotten society. Researchers point to evidence this now sunken area could have once been a busy, sophisticated city, potentially built by Japan's prehistoric um, Jomam inhabitants back when ocean levels are much lower during the Earth's last ice age. At this time, the waters have receded so much that a land bridge connecting Yonaguni Island to Taiwan, uh, ex- according to uh, Atlas Obscura, according to Masaki Kimura, who has studied uh, Kirichiro Arataki, the diving tour operator who initially discovered the area in uh, 1986, Potential evidence of various man-made structures include a colossal archway made of enormous stone blocks that seems to interlock flawlessly, channel-like roads, grand staircases, ancient fireplaces, a retaining wall, massive pairs of features that look like pylons leading to plazas, an ancient drinking water reservoir, even a castle and what could have been a stadium. Tools have been found along with broken pottery and what resemble carvings that actually resemble Kaida script. Some believe the Onaguni site could be proof of the existence of a legendary vanished landmass called Lemuria, which some call Japan's Atlantis. And while we may not know the answers yet as to what these magnificent marvel is beneath the waves, its recent discovery is already making history for a new wave of explorers and researchers. Well, from Japan, let's go to Sudan. Now, the word pyramid normally conjures images of ancient Egypt and the Sphinx, but it's actually Sudan, Egypt's perpetually war-torn neighbor to the south that boasts the world's largest collection of these magnificent ancient structures. In fact, Sudan has more than twice as many as Egypt does. In fact, the Nile River uh, on the east bank, a cache of over 200 pyramids, stand largely forgotten in present day. Dating from 300 B.C. to 350 A.D., the majority of them are constructed two millennia after those at Giza. While they may be smaller than their Egyptian counterparts, in many ways, these Nubian pyramids are just as impressive, if not more so. Now, Nubia was a region that lies between current-day northern Sudan and southern Egypt, home to a succession of powerful empires. In comparison to their northern neighbors, the Nubian pyramids were built with narrower bases, begging for noticeably steeper angles on their sides. Adorned with ornate embellishments from the rich cultures of Pharaonic Egypt, Greece, and Rome, the pyramids are truly a sight to behold with rich detail that uh, depict the extent of their global connections, even if some have fallen into disrepair due to vandalism and treasure hunters. Sudan boasts not one, not two, but three distinct extraordinary archaeological sites for pyramids, Ilkuru, Jebel Barkal, and Miro. In each of these locations is a plethora of temples and tombs and royal burial chambers, making each of them a treasure trove of history that's still being waited to, still uh, waiting to be explored. 
The Nemoreau pyramids in particular, uh, chapels and burial chambers adorned with exquisite illustrations and inscriptions carved with hieroglyphics and erotic script, celebrating the lives of the rulers that once reigned over this wealthy land of Moreau. Nub uh, Sudan's uh, Nubian civilization finally stopped building new pyramids uh, about the 4th century A.D., most likely due to internal political turmoil and weakening power. Widespread drought and famine caused by climate change. Uh, there's climate change again. And the emergence of the Aksum civilization in modern-day Ethiopia is a rival in the region. Nonetheless, Nubian culture's enduring legacy in the form of impressive pyramids and other architectural wonders continues to captivate and inspire people around the world. But in talking about all these pyramids, how did the people move these stones? Of course, one theory is ancient uh, aliens. Maybe some advanced machinery lost in time. And if you're thinking slavery labor, you're not correct either. For the most part, that is. And while all these have been considered as potential theories, the answer appears to be less complicated than that. In a groundbreaking discovery, archaeologists stumbled on the Diary of Mera, an esteemed official who played a crucial role in the construction of the Great Pyramid of Giza. According to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the world's oldest uh, papyrus, dating back 4,500 years, detailed the transportation of massive blocks of limestone and granite weighing up to 16 tons over a distance of 8 miles using technology as simple as wooden boats and a canal system. However, using water to transport doesn't seem as common or possible in some areas. In addition to their imaginative use of waterways, archaeologists believe sleds and ropes attached to wooden posts also would have allowed the ancients to pull these rocks using brute force on a very strong slope of 20% or more. Based on another discovery from an old quarry in Egypt's uh, Hatnub, tactic appears to have worked best if they wet the sand in front of the mechanisms used to pull the stone blocks. Doing that helps reduce friction and made it easier to operate the sleds. Regardless of the method, it appears that wherever there are large stone constructions, ropes, ramps, and sleds were involved in some way. Of course, it does raise the interesting questions. What was the purpose of all this? Well, from Nubia and Egypt, and let's go to Angkor Wat. You know, the lush jungles of the Siam Reap province of Cambodia conceals an ancient temple complex known as Angkor Wat. The name in the region's Khmer language means temple city. And that's exactly what you can find there. Built under the orders of Emperor Suryavarman II, who ruled over the region from 1113 to 1150, Angkor Wat was constructed to serve as his empire's main temple and political center. The entire complex made up of an astounding 200 acres. The temple itself reaches nearly 70 feet at its tallest point. This was not some handyman project. This was a major undertaking by the entire civilization. The temple's five different towers are meant to represent nearby Mount Meru's five peaks. There's a moat surrounding them for protection and to, in order to pay respect to the sea. Angkor Wat was initially dedicated to the worship of the Hindu uh, deity Vishnu in accordance with the region's predominant uh, religion at the time. 
According to the History Channel, at some point near the end of the 12th century, Angkor Wat was transformed into a Buddhist temple, began to be cared for by Buddhist monks. Hundreds lived there. The temple stands as a stunning achievement of architecture, adorned with an abundance of artistic treasures. Examples include the intricately crafted uh, bas-relief structures that uh, grace many of its walls, depicting tales of Cambodian history and mythology. Elsewhere in Angkor Wat, artistic representations of everyday life provide scholars with valuable glimpses into the past. The temple holds significant importance as the center of Cambodia's cultural and national identity, instilling a strong sense of pride among its people, so much so that it's even featured on the nation's flag. But Angkor's artists and scholars left out a crucial part of the story. The reason why the city's leaders left the serene temple city and relocated near present-day Phnom Penh. This historical temple complex was never destroyed or even truly abandoned. Rather, it gradually fell into disuse and disrepair. Today, the monument attracts over a million visitors in a typical year. Everyone hoping to reconnect, shall we say, with history. Well, from Cambodia, let's go to South America. Tiwotiwakan. It was considered Mexico's birthplace of the gods. And that's what the name translates as, or the place where the gods were created. It was built entirely by hand, more than a millennium before the Nahatl-speaking Aztecs arrived in central Mexico. Tiwotiwakan's origins date back to 400 B.C., but it wasn't until about uh, 300 A.D. the city's most significant structures were finished. Tiwotiwakan's defining characteristic is the monumental seal of its structures, notably the awe-inspiring Temple of Quetzalcoatl, the Pyramid of the Sun and the Moon, meticulously planned and arranged according to both geometric and symbolic tenets. It was a breathtaking spectacle in its prime, the largest city anywhere in the Western Hemisphere before the 1400s. That's according to archaeologist uh, George Calgill, likely supporting a population of as many as 200,000 at its peak. According to the History Channel, Teotihuacan spanned eight square miles with an elaborate grid layout that included about 2,000 single-story apartment complexes and palaces belonging to nobles and priests. It was these priests that performed the uh, human sacrifices, according to evidence from the bones of beheaded people with their hands tied behind them. Also found in the complex was a sizable amount of hidden treasure locked away in a sealed passage including gemstone crocodile teeth, eye-shaped crystals, jaguar sculptures, and underground miniature mountain landscape with pools of liquid mercury symbolizing lakes. city's primary structures are linked by the Avenue of the Dead, which is a 40-meter-wide roadway that spans one and a half miles, oriented directly toward the neighboring holy summit of Cerro Gordo, an inactive volcano. And although it's still an enduring mystery who the main architecture of Architects of Teotihuacan War, historical evidence suggests the city was home to a diverse range of cultures, including the Maya, the Mixtec, and the Zapotec people. According to one theory, a volcanic eruption may have triggered a mass migration of immigrants to the Teotihuacan Valley, possibly uh, either constructed or strengthened the city. Regardless, the Aztecs, upon uh, encountering the abandoned site, were undoubtedly in awe of the grandeur and therefore bestowed it with its name. 
language spoken there is another enigma that's puzzled historians since its discovery as the explanation as to why the residents uh, abandoned Teotihuacan. One hypothesis, according to National Geographic, suggested a downfall may resulted from a revolt by oppressed lower classes. But that, of course, is a fallback position that most archaeologists come up with at one time or another. Well, let's talk about the secret of the Hawara Pyramid in ancient Egypt. Beneath the Harara Pyramid in Egypt lies a colossal structure that the ancient Greek historian Herodotus described as a temple complex. Contains 3,000 lavishly decorated rooms featuring hieroglyphs and uh, paintings, grand columns, 12 courts, and twisting interconnected passageways. Herodotus claimed to have witnessed its grandeur firsthand and was absolutely blown away by its intricate construction. He said the labyrinth surpassed even the pyramids. Other historical fig- uh, figures, including the Greek historian Strabo and Diodorus Siculus, also gave their own detailed accounts of first-hand sightings with uh, many similarities. Suggests the labyrinth is undoubtedly a real place hidden beneath the sand, but uh, this wonder of the ancient world was then lost to history until it apparent rediscovery in 2008 thanks to modern ground-penetrating radar. Major excavations have uh, not yet occurred, and research fundings uh, have yet to be made uh, public. True purpose of the labyrinth is also unknown, but historians think uh, that it may have offered uh, at various uh, uses, including it being a temple, a tomb, a memorial, a place to commune and discuss important matters, even a place to hide from invaders. Regardless of its Sotayatarol, why was this immense and awe-inspiring structure abandoned in the desert, never to be used again? It's going to take a lot more research to come up with the answer to that question. Well, let's talk about over 100 pyramids, including the Harara Pyramid, been discovered across the sands of Egypt. Staggering number that shows their importance and symbolic significance to ancient Egyptians. Giza's three famous pyramids are today visited by millions every year. The Old Kingdom era of Egypt left behind some impressive relics, such as these monumental tombs con- constructed over uh, 4,500 years ago that still stand today. Construction of the Great Pyramid, the first and the largest pyramid of Giza, towering 481 feet above the plateau, was initiated by Pharaoh Khufu, it is believed, about 2550 B.C. The second pyramid, constructed by his son, Pharaoh Khafre was built in uh, 2520 B.C. Pyramid, while not as enormous, is quite astounding in another way. It features the Great Sphinx of Giza, 240-foot-long, 66-foot-high stone structure that uh, of a crouching creature sporting the body of a lion and the head of a pharaoh, likely Khafre's. may have once also been painted as pigment residue has been found. Sphinx was designed to be a guardian of the necropolis, protecting the tombs and temples from harm. It's believed to also have had a religious significance and was associated with the sun god, Ra. Construction around 2490 B.C. by Pharaoh Menkare, the third pyramid of Giza is notably smaller in size compared to the first two, but its mortuary temple is much more intricate than the design. The pyramids, while impressive on their own, only one component of a more extensive complex that included uh, temples and palaces and solar boat pits and 
range of other structures. But again, we'll come back to the question, why? Well, we're going to end today's show asking uh, where the lost city of Atlantis might be. It's one of the most enduring mysteries of human civilization. Fable place of legend and wonder that has captured the imagination of people for centuries. But the question is, did it actually exist? Plato, in 360 B.C., claimed the lost civilization of Atlantis existed in staggering 9,000 years before his own era, a distant, mysterious time shrouded in mystery and legend. According to Plato's uh, Socratic uh, dialogues, Timaeus and Critias, uh, Atlantis was an incredibly advanced and beautiful city. Layout was concentric with alternating rings of water and land. Sparkling blue water surrounded the city along with intricate and ornate architecture, towering temples and majestic uh, statues. city of Atlantis even boasted uh, the ability to harness the power of the sun using crystals. The inhabitants were described as a technologically advanced civilization with great naval power. It was said to be a utopia, or at least it came to be seen as one thanks to Ignatius Donnelly, a former U.S. congressman who instead of sitting in Congress and representing his constituents was in the library researching Atlantis. He published uh, Atlantis, the Antediluvian World, in 1882, leaning into the view that Atlantis is a paradise rather than the warning Plato originally intended it to be. Mythology described the inhabitants of Atlantis as being demigods, half human, half god, because Poseidon fell in love with a human named Calito and made the statue, sanctuary for her and had demigod children. Gods uh, supposedly started intermingling with humans and Legend states that the demigods inhabiting Atlantis became greedy and unruly. Sounds like San Francisco. As a result, the gods overseeing Atlantis punished them with severe earthquake, fire, and floods that caused the island to sink. According to Plato, in a single day and night of misfortune, the island of Atlantis disappeared into the depths of the sea. Whether it's real or a myth, the location of Atlantis remains a mystery. And we're going to talk more about that in our next show. Until then... Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great weekend. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.